Welcome to the Hive Mind Show. My name Welcome. is Lionel Johnson, and with me is Cole Wilson. <laughs> well, and that's well, how you start a fucking show. Welcome back. <laughs> after our after our week hiatus. Alright, fine. Yeah, we, we fucking we missed a fucking week. Like <laughs> You know, we, we we did good. We made one mistake. We'll <laughs> We're yeah, sorry. That's my back. I sat myself in the corner all of yesterday. It's okay. Get off my bag. My bag, David. Uh, so, Cole, you've been talking about uh, This Is Us. Yes. Like to continue on I don't know if you're going to keep any of what I actually said. But, um, yeah, that's that's what... I. It's not something I've been recently ingesting too much. I ingested a lot of it a few months ago, but only recently I've started coming back into it. Gotcha. And, and I feel... I feel like this show is the perfect show to watch during this quarantine uh, year, really. It's probably going to go on for even longer, but... Yeah. And I, I say that because I know you've been watching a bunch of depressing shows recently. A bunch of depressing oh, yeah. anime. Like, um, oh, yeah. Fuck, what's the one that Chris keeps <laughs> teasing you about? Like, Rent-A-Girlfriend or something like the, that? The one that broke me or the one that he wants to break? Which are we talking about here? I feel like there's too many. So, um, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai is yes, the there's... one that broke, that's the one that broke me. Okay, okay, okay. And Chris wants me to watch, um, Rent a Girlfriend, which okay, he so says will break me. <laughs> Didn't, I thought you told me you watched, like, the first episode of that. I, I did watch the first episode. It, it fucked it, me up. Okay, so it did break you. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I'm scared to watch through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lionel, this show will not break you, okay? Like, it's gonna hit you with some things. You're gonna be like, "Oh shit, that really hurts." But like, listen, like everyone, everyone does their best. Everyone tries to be a good human being in it. It's a really good show that you still like. You still get hit with like heavy things. <clears throat> But at the end of the day, you're like, okay, okay, I I can I can get through this. Okay, okay, I'll there, give it a shot. Yeah, there there are a few episodes where it's like, oh wow, this is fucked, right? <laughs> or like it kind of ends without anyone really knowing what the hell they're supposed to do, and it just hurts. And then there are some episodes that are just purely nice, where you're like, oh, these are this is nice. Everyone's being nice. It's, I would like it if everybody. I I would highly recommend that show. Then it is. It's a very heartwarming show. Okay. I think there's okay. I think there's five seasons out now. It's a, that's on a... It is on Hulu, yeah. I'll check it out. So, do you need me to hit you up with, like, the premise of the show? No, I've seen, like, I've seen, like, enough, like, commercials for it over the years. See, that... now, I... Before I started watching it, I had no idea the show existed until Skyla just talked about it one day, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch it with yeah, I I had because I think it's on ABC. I have no is, idea. Is the channel that it like airs on like their new seasons come out and stuff? I don't watch um, regular TV anymore. It's a scam. <laughs> well, there were a, there were a couple of shows that I watched on regular TV that were on the same channel, so I would occasionally see commercials for it. So I, I I've seen like ads for it. Okay. Yeah, I cannot recommend that show enough. It's really good. I'll check it out. Good. You should. You had better. Or I will come to your house and make you. 
I will do it. <laughs> so you can't tell me what to do. So this week I uh see it's like I'm not even trying to, but I did continue in my journey of watching depressing things. Uh-huh. And I wasn't looking for it. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch these things, see what happens, and I'm like, oh, well that fucked me up. So I watched I watched three things this week. I actually I said two earlier. I thought about a third one. Okay. First one be I finally fucking sat down and finished the final season of Samurai Jack. Oh my god. Alright. What right. the fuck? Okay. I, I'm glad you did that. Because I did the same thing where like well, I shouldn't say I did the same thing. I watched the final season up to the last episode and then didn't watch the last episode for like two years. <laughs> and then just one night I was laying there in bed at like two in the morning and Sky was asleep next to me and I was like, it's time. Time to watch it's it. Time. So what is what is your opinion? I want I want to know. Like what the f- I thought I thought the ending was really good. Uh-huh. But goddamn, like, can this man have nothing? It yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? Jesus. So okay, I, I guess we'll just get into spoilers for it. Uh yeah. So if you're, unless you're like me for some reason, or Cole in this case too, I guess. The final season of Samurai Jack came out three years ago. Now it came out in 2017. Oh, sorry, I meant three years. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that when I was watching. I was like, "God damn, this is three years ago," and it was the fifth season to a show that I want to say is from like two thousand two. Oof, yeah it it's been a long time. It was yeah, it there was a long break, and we like most people had thought the show was just like over and they were never gonna come back to it, but uh, eventually they were like, "Hey, we got one more season, ten episodes." Let's we fucking got, end it. We got one more in us. And it was dope. I, I really, I really liked how, uh, uh, so the original four seasons were on Cartoon Network, and they, they made the fifth season for Adult Swim, because it was a little more, <clears throat> like, mature than the first four seasons. Yeah, I think they tailored it to people who grew up watching it. Yeah. So, that, that, that made sense a lot. So... They deal with a lot of, like, really interesting um, kind of ideas in the fifth season. I think one of the most important ones being um, how the main character, Jack, has never killed a person before. Yeah, that's... It's it's strange thinking of that, right? Yeah, because you, you see him throughout the entire show as this, like, amazing samurai warrior who is trying to defeat this, you know, great evil demon. And throughout the show, all he really fights is, like, monsters and robots. But, it, he like, he comes from, like, feudal Japan. And he was trained by, like, all these people all over the world and stuff. Yeah. But you, it's not until the fifth season of this show... Where he legit, like, cuts a woman's throat because she was trying to kill him with his fucking sword. Yeah. That he realizes he's never killed another human being before. And that, like, really fucks him up. 
he yeah he gets horribly injured too in this chase uh yeah that happened so it's it's a lot of like uh his body being injured goes along with like his spirit and his mind and yeah and like um they they introduce this kind of like inner self in the fifth season that is like angry with him yeah 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 where like every time he's like feeling bad about something like he his inner self will pop up and be like you failed like you were supposed to you know go back and save all your people and the world and you never did why did you give up like all this shit did we talk about how like from the end of episode or not episode from season four to the beginning of season five has been there's a there's a 50 year (laughs) there's a 50 year time gap and yeah it's it's so jarring to see like what jack has become within this 50 years yeah because he's he's broken completely he lost his sword like he doesn't even have his sword at the beginning yeah and and it, and it's fucked up because like he he doesn't when you first meet him in season five, he does not even like resemble his old self at all. Like he comes in on the in this like giant, like samurai armor with like a huge helmet and a face mask and all this stuff, and he's uh-huh. using like, he's using like guns and all these other weapons that he's put together. He's riding a fucking Harley and shit. Yeah, you're like, what is this? Like who? Yeah, it's really jarring. And so later on, when you see that uh, he he doesn't have the sword, and and then he will eventually like explain like, no, I lost it. Um, it's like oh, like losing that sword was like the last fucking straw for him. Yeah, it was. He was just like, I, I I'm a fucking failure. This is basically how he felt. Like, but it's, it's... what? <sighs> Watching the, this season and seeing his um, kind of return to form of how he used to be, I thought was it was really, really like touching. Yeah. Because um, he's he's basically like super fucking depressed, and you're you're seeing somebody who's really depressed like get out of it. Yeah. You know, someone who has fallen from grace, basically. Yeah. So like watching that happen um it, it it's re- it's really kind of inspiring i guess and on top of that they also add in uh he has to essentially become like a kind of like a teacher at first yeah with um Ashi. one yeah so there's this group of assassins that it's it's kind of fucked because they're children of Aku, which is the demon that Jack goes and fights. Yeah, and it's it's like a cult, and that these this woman was essentially impregnated by this by Aku, and then birthed out. How many were there? Like seven of I think, them, I think. Yeah, I think there were seven of them. Seven sisters, uh, who became nearly as well trained as Jack. Yeah. And went on a mission to hunt him down and kill him. And that was, that was like, one of the first humans that he had ever killed. Humans, in heavy parentheses. Or quotations, I mean. And so, like, they're, they're chasing him down. He ends up killing one of them. I think he kills, like, 
he kills the rest of them too, right? Because they never come back. Eventually, yeah, eventually he does. This is kind of, yeah, he, he kind of goes through a moment where he's like, I fucking killed a person, and it, like, really fucks him up. And then it, he kind of, like, clicks, like, these these girls are not gonna fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. And he kind of just, like, gives into it. He's like, if I'm, if I'm gonna get out of this, like, I have to kill. And uh, there's, there ends up being one that is left alive that he essentially, like, captures her. And he just he just like brings her along with him because he he ends up trying to show her that the world is not what she thinks it is because she's been raised to believe that uh, Aku this great demon that has like you know there's like uh, like images of him all around the world right people fear him everywhere she's been raised to believe that like he's the greatest thing ever and that he has brought like peace to the world. Yeah, and the Jack is and all that. Yeah, and Jack brings her around with him to be like, no, like you don't get it. Like he is destroying the world, and he is destroying everybody who's here. Like he's not a good thing. And uh, eventually, she kind of comes around to it, and she's like, oh my god, like what have I been doing? And you know, they uh, they start to like fall for each other eventually. Yeah, which was unexpected at least and for me it was unexpected it, it, it was it was unexpected uh, uh, until like there's a um there was one episode in particular where they kind of started leaning into it and i was like oh is this are they doing this and i was yeah. like that, i was like that's kind of cool because he you, like you have never really seen jack get to be like happy throughout like, the series follow human urges and things like that he's he's been very focused on his his mission the entire time right and so like see seeing him like start to have feelings for somebody is like oh yeah like he is just a person who has been had this mission like thrust upon him yeah it's it's almost funny that you just kind of forget that yeah that he has been doing this for he was like what I want to say he early twenties when his mission started. Well, he was a kid whenever like the whole calamity happened with Aku. Returning. I was, I was going to say yeah because I I heard him say it last night in the episode. He was he was eight years old when Aku first showed up, and uh, he had been training for I want to say like his late teens, early twenties when he returned to kill Aku for the first time. Yeah, and then got sent back to the past, Samurai Jack. <laughs> Uh, but since then, it's been 20, 50. He's been doing this for 70 plus years. God. An entire human lifetime of just not really getting to do anything else. Yeah. Fucking 70 years just focused on destroying this demon who has essentially taken over the world. Yeah. Through time and space. Yeah. So that was fucked. So, I mean... The the whole the the way they set up the ending right is um eventually Jack and Ashi is the girl that uh, has been tra- that's been traveling with him. They eventually come across Aku because he he comes to Jack because 
one of his assassins tells him, he's like, oh, Samurai Jack doesn't have his sword anymore. By this time, he has found it again. Yeah. (laughs) He's not aware that he has it again. So he shows up to Jack and he's like, oh, I I could finally kill you because you don't have the sword. The one thing that can hurt me. And he draws it on him and he's like, what? (laughs) Was like basically the reaction. (laughs) And he like instantly like blows up that assassin. (laughs) For like Uh, lying to him. For giving him now false information. Yeah. Yeah. So, they start fighting, and eventually, uh, as he goes to swing at Aku, Ashi blocks Jack's attack, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know, I'm not doing this. And Aku puts it together, that whole thing where he's like, he remembers, oh yeah, there was that cult. Oh yeah, there were those those weird people in that cave. (laughs) They worshipped me, and I, like, gave them some of my essence, which was just him putting his finger over, like, a chalice. And, yeah. like, he, he's a he's a shapeshifter, so his entire body is just, like, one, like, giant, like, black blob. It's essentially like a shadow, right? Yeah. And so, like, he puts his finger over this chalice, and it just basically, like, part of him goes into this cup. And he's like, here, this is me. I'm out, and then he leaves, and he's like, so wait a minute, did she? And it cuts to her, and it's like the woman, she's like, drank from the cup, and then it cuts to her giving birth, and he's like, oh, you're my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jack and Ashi are like, what the fuck are you talking about? So now it has become apparent that Ashi has, uh... She she's protecting her father, but like she's not trying to. It's just like built in her. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, she becomes possessed. Yeah. So Jack and Ashi start fighting, and she is eventually overtaken by her father's powers, and becomes like way more possessed. And she even takes on like a form that looks like him and stuff. And Jack just he he can't. He can't do it. He can't, like, bring himself to hurt her, so he just gives up. Again. Again. <laughs> and uh, it cuts to, uh, yeah, the final episode where Aku has captured Samurai Jack and is, like, broadcasting it around the world. By this point, throughout the, like, original four seasons, Jack has gone around the world, like, saving people, and he's kind of built this reputation as this, like, legendary hero. So him, it being broadcast in the entire world that Samurai Jack has been captured is kind of, like, really disheartening to everybody because they're like, oh, my God. Like, no, he was he was our last hope. Like, literally that wandering samurai that saved everybody. Yeah. And uh, so he's going to, like, execute Jack, like, in front of everybody. And... One thing that I have always liked about Aku's character is that he's he's shown to be like this horrifying evil, but when they act, whenever they show him, he's like he's kind of like this fucking bumbling idiot. Yeah, he's kind of a fucking doofus. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's he's supposed to be like this all powerful like warlord who is ruling the planet, but 
he he's kind of just fucking stupid. Because <laughs> the the only the only reason that uh, Jack ends up getting out of this situation is because he spends all this time. He's like, I'm gonna kill Samurai Jack, and he like forms his hand into a weapon, and then he stops and he's like, Wait a minute, and he keeps like changing weapons. Yeah. And he's like, after all these years, I've never actually thought of the perfect way to kill him. <laughs> so he just starts wasting time. Eventually think, he decides. I'll think of something. Yeah. Eventually he decides, he's like, I know, I'll have Ashi kill him because that'll make him hurt even more. And uh, before it happens, like, all the past characters from old seasons that Jack have saved, like, show up to help him. Yeah. It, in, it like, essentially. Go ahead. A, a ba- it's like a battle like they know they cannot possibly win but they know that if they can free Jack like they'll have a chance there's this there's one character who comes back who's basically like a Scotsman he's hilarious he, <laughs> he had like it in the original series it's kind of portrayed like this is the one warrior that has I think he did best actually Samurai Jack at one point He's like the mm. only other person to have ever beaten or nearly beaten Samurai Jack. And of course they end up becoming friends because they're both such great warriors. And the Scotsman, ah, fuck, I keep, I can't remember his name, but he's such a wonderful character. He yeah. has like 500 daughters. <laughs> and they're yeah. all just as big and brash and as powerful as he is. So he basically, because it's been such a long time, clearly he's dead. Right, because it's been fifty years since they met. Well, he was alive when the new season started. Oh, was he? He was I, alive I when the new season him... started, and he gets he gets killed. Like that's right. I remember instantly. I remember now. <laughs> but he he gets resurrected because the sword he carried uh, held some type of power. So he gets resurrected <laughs> as a ghost and basically commands his army of Scottish warrior daughters. And when he, of when course, he sees, go ahead. When he sees Jack, and he, try, yeah. he tries to like hug him, and like he just like phases right through him. And Jack is like, "Are you dead?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am. I, <laughs> I am." Yeah. And he's like, "How are you here?" And he's like, "All he says is Celtic magic." Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> I remember a time back when like. Samurai Jack used to be able to cut through anything. Sword would be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Scotsman's sword was the only one he couldn't do it with. And he's like, why? And I think that's all he replied with is he held a finger up to the runes on a sword and just replied Celtic magic. <laughs> it's like been his answer for everything. Yeah, so they end up they end up freeing Jack and uh he goes on to fight Ashi because he's trying to he's trying to free her from her father's control and eventually they uh he he gets he gets through to her by finally telling her that uh he loves her no, nobody has ever said that to her before because the, when they show like her training as a child and like how like insane it was yeah she was like the runt of the group and basically the outcast yeah, and her, like, mother basically was like, no, you have to train to kill this one man, because then that's your only fucking purpose for living. 
So finally hearing that, you know, somebody actually cares for her is able to snap her out of this. And she, she gains control over the powers that um, were taking her over. (laughs) And Jack realizes he's like, Ashi, you have Aku's powers. And she's like, yeah, I do. And then the next instant, she opens a fucking time portal because the, the entire reason that Jack is in this fucked up world is because he tried to kill Aku back in feudal Japan and right before he could kill him, Aku opened a portal and sent him into like the far future. Yeah. <laughs> so where my evil is long. Oh. He's been trying he's been trying to find another time portal to go back in time so that he can uh kill Aku before he takes over the world. Yeah. So they cut back to that original scene of him being sent to the future and he's like we will meet again samurai Jack and then the portal opens and he's like you're back already? You're back already? Yeah. It's it, it was so strange and surreal just kind of watching that happen. <laughs> so yeah and, and this was like there's so much cool action in this in the entire show, but this this scene in particular where Jack comes back and he's just he goes fucking ham on Aku because <laughs> he's like, I'm finally here. I'm ending this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so strangely relieving after because for us it had been for those of us who grew up watching the show. Almost it has been twenty years. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and so watching it end and you being like, "This is it." <laughs> was, this is their final battle. Yeah, it was so satisfying to watch yeah. him actually finally get cut down and killed. So yeah, um, so Jack kills Aku, and him and Ashi like escape his palace. Yeah, and uh, his palace is this like giant tower, and it explodes. And Ashi kind of falls to the ground for a second, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I can. I I felt his presence leave for me. Like he's really gone now." And they just kind of sit there for a second and embrace each other in this, you know, fact that they finally did it. Like they freed the world. And it cuts to the village that Jack grew up in, and you see this port where all these people are showing up and it's all the people who trained him from all over the world. And it's like, Oh, they're all showing up. And at first, like watching it, you're like, Oh, like everybody's coming to celebrate the fact that he finally killed Aku. And then you see Jack and his father and Jack is getting dressed in this like really nice, like black and white kimono set. And you're like, wait a second this is not a normal celebration and then they cut to ashi is with jack's mom and you're like they're getting married this is a this is a wedding day and everybody is here to see jack get married and when i tell you that watching the scene of he so he's they cut to jack standing uh basically like at the altar right and you see these massive crowds of people on both sides of the aisle, and wa- Ashi is walking down it. They show frames of Jack where he has the 
biggest fucking grin oh, yeah. across his face. Like, and life is, has never been so good for him. It is hilarious, this look that he has on his face. And you're like, God damn, like, he, he deserves this. Like, he deserves this. Yeah. And and then it, it then it just fucking it goes, because <laughs> she's walking down the aisle. They kind of like lock eyes while he's got this big ass fucking smile on his face, and then her smile like leaves for a second, and Jack is like, huh? And she just slowly like falls, and she hits the ground, and Jack runs out to her, and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, we killed Aku. And it, if we killed him, that means that I was never born. And then she just fucking disappears. Yeah, she literally just vanishes from existence right there. I forgot what exactly she said, but I had to like, I had to pause it and go back because I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, without Aku, I wouldn't be here or something to that effect. Yeah. And then she yeah, yeah. disappears right in his arms. And I was like, no, <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> It, it it ruined it ruined my night. It ruined everything for me. <laughs> it ruined my week. Ruined my month. <laughs> so then it just cuts to uh, Jack is like in the forest. <clears throat> yeah, down like, everything. Like he's depressed as fuck. You you get the sense that he didn't know what to fucking do after this. So he yeah. just he just got on his horse and started wandering like. He looks disheveled. He's, you know, looked a little emaciated. Like it he was bad. Yeah, it was rough. And he's just kind of sitting under this tree for a while, looking very sad. And eventually a, a ladybug, like, lands on his finger. And he looks at it for a second. And the ladybug reminds him of Ashi because that was, like, a thing that she noticed as a child that there was there was like a a parallel almost that they showed for the audience there's a shot of her as a kid like seeing a ladybug for the first time kind of like wondering what life is like outside of this crazy fucked up cult <laughs> and then they show a ladybug coming to jack is kind of like you know a symbol to him that i took it as like she's always with you type thing yeah and uh, he sees the ladybug, he looks at it for a while, and then he smiles and, like, puts his hand up to let it fly off of his hand. And they do this really, really beautiful shot of the sun coming out from behind the clouds. So you can, it's, like, shining color on the forest that he was in, and he's in this, like, really big, like, cherry blossom forest. And the, the colors were just amazing <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, it was, you know, it... That's that's where like everything ended was him sort of standing there next to that tree and it fades up and away where yeah. we leave off that's where it ends yeah and it's it it had it had an ending that gave me such a strange vibe that I've never had before with watching anything it was so the the whole last episode was if I'm gonna criticize it was extremely rushed like things were just happening right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of had to be because there was a lot of baggage. I wish they would have broken up, broken it up into two episodes, or mm. at least went like with a longer episode. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Just extended the length of it. But it it felt it felt not quite melancholy, you know what I mean? It felt a little happier. Yeah. Like there was this strange uh wave of relief that was just kind of there that you were essentially like wading through. Yeah. And then there was all this that happened, but it was still a relief and an acceptance and just the knowledge that even though he lost her, life is still better than it was. Definitely. And I, I think that's probably the best way to end the show. Or not like, I mean, like the Samurai Jack. Yeah. Because he couldn't have everything. He completed like, his life's goal of killing Aku. And like, I, I was just thinking about like some of the other stuff that they touch upon in that season. And like, they don't, they don't like directly say it, but the show for a couple episodes, like the first few, I want to say like the first three or four, uh-huh. deal with like suicide. Cause Jack keeps having this vision in the beginning of the season of like That's a right. giant, like it's, it's like a, it's like a giant, if the Grim Reaper was a samurai, he sees this like ghost that keeps following him. And it's like, he, it shows him like running away from it all the time. And then eventually he stops running from it and he's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's time. And it's, it's this like spirit of an ancient samurai that is telling him like, you failed your mission. You need to pay for it. Which it's, it's, which is really just their way of being like, Jack feels so bad that he could not save his family and the rest of the world that he's like, I might as well just kill myself because I I can't fucking do anything, and it's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like, it, it's really a depression. I don't think I've seen before. Yeah, yeah. I I, I thought they did a really good job with this final season, and yeah, I think making it kind of age up with the viewership that would have watched the first four seasons was the best thing that they could have done. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I, I really thought that the more mature tone of the final season helps kind of push that story forward. Yeah, I think so too. Just, I don't know. It's, um, it was, it's very good. Super well-crafted. I, frankly, I, I don't classic. think there's anything else i could say about it classic uh gendy tartakovsky that man makes good shows good shit now i have to finish watching uh primal his other show that oh man his newest show what are you doing not watching primal yet i don't know man i gotta i gotta finish it <laughs> I gotta finish. Um, so yeah after uh after samurai jack i watched um I watched I watched this anime that I've seen ads for a lot, like recently, and I just never took the time out to watch it. Uh-huh. And I was on Netflix the other night, and it popped up after I finished a movie, and I was like, "Yeah, like I'll I'll turn it on." This is about it's called The Promised Neverland. Promised Neverland. And this show is fucked up. Oh, like bad. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like it, like it was, like it was a cool, sh- it was a cool show, but it was fucked up. So, like, I believe there were twelve episodes, 
on Netflix, and I tried finding the rest somewhere. I think this is all that is out right now. Um, so The Promised Neverland is about these kids who are in an orphanage together, mm-hmm. and they're all raised as, like, siblings, basically. So there's, I want to say, there's 37 kids. The, the main focus is on three of them. Uh, but there's 37 kids in this house with uh, this woman who they all just call mom and she takes care of all of them and stuff, right? And there's a couple of, like, weird things that you notice about the kids. Like, first off, it, like, when you first start it, like, they all wear these, like, all white clothes all the time. Like, they don't wear anything else besides that. That's weird. And their mom is always shown to be in this, like, basically like a maid's outfit. But it's like, why, why would she be dressed up as a maid? Because there's nobody else there. Like, she's the only adult there. Yeah. So, like, these kids are the only people she's taking care of in this fucking big-ass house. And they all, you know, will go outside and play. And, you know, they all, like, split up into their little groups and stuff. And, like, there's age differences. Like, the old, the three main kids, they're the oldest ones there. And they're 11, about to turn 12. And it goes down to, like, the newest kid there is a baby. Okay. So, (laughs) eventually they start, like, they start bringing in these, like, little things that are, like, okay, that's probably important. Where, like, their house is in the middle of this really big field. And you can see on the edge of it that there's a forest. And they'll, like, go Mm. play in the forest and stuff. Hmm, (laughs) yeah. But if you go far enough into the forest, eventually there's like there's, there's like a gate at the end of the forest, but it, it's not like high. It's like two feet tall. It, and it's just it's just a gate. And they like they all know that it's there. And they're like, oh, yeah, mom just tells us to like to never go past the gate. That's strange. Because it's because it's dangerous. So they just they just do that. They never go past the gate. Right. And then I believe on the other side, there's a an actual like big iron gate with a tunnel behind it it's like it's like locked and they like they can see they can see through it cuz it's a gate but like there's nothing in there it's just the tunnel okay and then they're like you guys and they always talk about it like you guys ever wonder like what's in there <laughs> and so uh in the first episode right um they it kind of like establishes like what like what their life is like so you see them like all eating lunch together and then like they'll like rotate like who's in charge of cooking the food or whatever and then they all okay then they all have school like she she teaches all of them too their mom and it shows them all like taking a test and the three like main kids get like the highest scores on their test right and people are like oh my god like we'll never be as good as them like they're all so smart and stuff like that uh-huh. so you can you can kind of tell like it, it matters to them like how they do on these tests and but you don't really know why and then uh towards the end there's one of there's a girl who's like six and she's like the her the mom like brings her to the rest of the kids and they're like a nice family has decided to adopt Connie and they're like, Oh, like like, this isn't the first time like they have done this before. Right. Oh, okay. So, um, 
sometimes the kids get adopted and then eventually there will be another kid that shows up at some point so uh-huh. connie connie gets adopted and you know everybody like says goodbye or whatever and uh the main girl in the show her name is emma notices in the kitchen they're like oh connie left her like stuffed bunny that she like always carried with her yeah and her friend is basically like um well he was like oh well i saw the i can still see the light on at the gate so i don't think she's gone yet mom is probably still there if you hurry you can probably catch them so she's like okay so her and her other friend norman like take the buddy and they basically run to this gate to try to get it to her before she leaves Mm -hmm. they get to the gate the big like iron gate with the tunnel and it's open this is the first time they've ever seen it open before so they go in and they're like looking around and on both sides of the tunnels there's just these doors what the but hell? there's no one there's there's no one else there okay and uh in the middle of the tunnel eventually they get far enough they see a uh, like a truck hell okay and they're like and they're like oh this must be the <laughs> they're like this must be the family's truck and the, and Emma's like yeah i've never seen a, a vehicle in real life before like oh my. You, they God. They say things like that where you're like, oh, they've ne- they don't know what life is like outside of this like area that they're in. Like they study, like they know like world history and like how technology works and stuff. Like they know what a truck is, but they've never seen it. And so like they're looking at the truck and stuff and they're like, oh yeah, this must be their truck. They're and they're like, they must be in one of these rooms, like talking or something with mom. And um <laughs> Emma <laughs> goes to the back of the truck and there's like a not a not a tarp but there's like a thing on the back of the truck and it's uh-huh. open and she she looks in and then she she immediately just gets this fucking horrified look on her face oh god <laughs> and her her friend Norman comes over and he's like what what's wrong and he looks in and then he gets this horrified look on her face and it is Connie's dead body oh fuck just in the back of the truck <laughs> oh fuck and you were like what the fuck just happened and she's got like a giant like flower sticking out of her it what? looks like like a it's like a bundle of roses is like stuck in her like neck oh what yeah it's fucked up <laughs> and then they hear one of the doors open and they so they hide they hide under the truck okay and they hear they hear two people talking but they also hear these like weird like heavy footsteps and it and it cuts to what is happening outside of the truck and there's these like two demons what the hell who are like talking to each other and they're like they're saying things they're like oh yeah it's it's another six-year-old we get a lot of the, we've been getting a lot of those recently and the other one is like yeah it, it's it's really hard to get ones that uh mature up all the way but whatever this will do and then one of them like you it it shows like the view from them hiding under the truck so all you can see is like their feet and one of them slams this like giant tank on the ground and it's full of some like blue liquid and then they just like drop the girl's body into this tank <laughs> What the and, like, fuck? 
closing up and they are freaking out they're like what the fuck is happening well i mean yeah and like, then oh, like, shit, they're freaking out so there's like a, a third demon comes in and he's got like a clipboard with like a list on it and he's like going over the list and as he's going over the list they hear a response and it's their mom she's talking to them and she's like telling them about um how the three oldest ones are almost ready oh my god and that so the two of the three are under that fucking truck hearing this and eventually one of the demons is like i smell something and he checks under the truck and they they're gone they like slipped away before he saw them but uh they found the stuffed bunny oh shit and it cuts to them just like running like back towards the house and they're like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck (laughs) oh my god so basically what they discover is their orphanage quote unquote is uh a farm uh where they they bring kids and they raise them and they they make sure to take care of them and they have like really healthy diets and they make sure that they're all like really smart you know they help them study and things like that uh and it it is a farm for demons to like eat these kids what the fuck in and in particular their brains because they start they start to piece together like why certain things are the way they are in their life and they're like they're like well nobody ever has nobody's ever been adopted before they turn six before so six seems to be like the minimum age but the oldest kids who have ever left are 12 so that seems to be like the range that they go for and they're like, well, why would that be the range that they go for? And, like, they try to think of, like, does the size matter? And they're like, no, because that would have to factor in, like, weight and height and stuff like that. And they're like, it's our it's our brains. That's why they care so much about these test scores that we take. They, they like, the more developed your brain is, apparently the better it is. Well, then why not wait until they're, like, fully grown? Because they don't want it. It, it, it has something to do with like them going like past its prime like that is like the perfect age i guess okay of like when it's the best to eat the brain interesting and it, dude it's just it's super super fucking dark and it ends up being this game of like cat and mouse where the three oldest kids realize all the shit that is going on and they're they try to figure out an escape plan i mean where would you go if the whole world is like farming you see now they they had to they had to think about that too because eventually they 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 thought of that and they're like they have like the third kid who was not with them that night he's like the smartest one of the group Uh uh-huh and he eventually like tells them he's like okay say we do get out of here why do you think that getting out of here would be any better than where we are now? Because if if we are a farm, that would essentially mean that the rest of the world is demons. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, fuck! <laughs> and they're like, we can't just stay here, though. Like, we, we have to do something. Yeah, that's true. So they try to come up with this escape plan, but all the while, while they're doing this, 
the mom is aware that two kids were there that night. Oh, fuck. So she pieces together, like, who it was. And it's like, it's like them kind of like having these like mental battles with each other without telling the other kids because they don't want to like cause a giant panic. Yeah. Because like, like some of the kids, they're only like four or five years old. Oh, fuck. So they have to figure out how to escape with 37 kids. And a lot of them are like, you know, toddlers and babies and stuff. And they have to figure out how to get the fuck out of there, get to a safe spot, and get away from all these demons. And their mom, who is aware that they are trying to escape. Ah, oh, fuck. But, like, as the as the show goes on, you, you learn a little bit more about the world where, like, um, it, it gets brought up. They start to think, like, okay, well, if there's no other, if all humans are supposed to be food, like, why is, why is mom an adult? Like, she's the only adult that they've ever seen, right? Yeah, that's a good question. They're like, why? Why is she here? Like, why is why do they not eat her or whatever? And then it it, it gets brought up that like um, girls have the option when they get quote adopted to become uh, a mother is basically what they call it. Like her. Okay. Interesting. So when it when a girl like ages out, like if she hits twelve, right? Uh-huh. She can, they're like, they take her to the gate or whatever to, to be killed, but they're like, you have the option if you want to, to keep living, but you'll have to be a mother in charge of one of these farms. So w- when they find that out, they're like, oh, mom used to be one of us. Like she used to be a kid at one of these fucking farms too. Yeah. And they they dive into that a bit where it's like, Okay, you can choose to become a mother, but then it's like you have to, you know, pass all these tests and everything. And you you basically have to prove like you're the best one possible for the job. But if you pass, it essentially secures that you'll be safe forever because it's your job now to take care of and raise their food. It's a fucking crazy ass show. (laughs) It was really it was really cool. It was really fucking crazy. I, I hope there's more because I I, I really want to see where it goes. Oh fuck. But yeah, um it, yeah, it, it got intense real fucking fast. <laughs> that is so fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, where would you man? Yeah, and I mean they they like they believe that there are other humans. If eventually they you know, they discover like Okay, we're not the only farm. There are other farms yeah, with other yeah. kids. You would almost uh, have to be. Yeah. And um they they realize that like where they are, like where they live, right? They if, when they go past the gate, the like small like fence. Yes. They go past it to see like what is back there, and it's basically just like a giant like stone wall. Uh-huh. And uh, eventually, they one of them like climbs to, is able to get to the top of it to like see what's on the other side, and when they get there to the top, they're like because th- they were like sitting in a like a high tree before that, and they could like see up over the wall. Okay. But when one of them gets to the top of the wall, he's like, "Yeah, I walked to the edge, and uh, it's a cliff. There's like a <laughs> giant. There's a giant cavern 
that like separates the wall that he was standing on and the forest that they were looking at. God damn, they they're really trying to keep these kids just hunkered in here. Yeah. So what he was able to determine from standing up there and kind of like surveying the land is that they they're essentially on the wall is like a giant hexagon. Okay. So it's got six sides to it and basically each side is where one farm would be. So oh, there's fuck. six farms in this little plot. And then there's a big thing, a big structure in the center, which they all assume is the uh, like the headquarters, right, of of these demons. There, the wall that is like completely opposite of the one that they are on is the only one that has a bridge leading out from it. So they're like, okay, well that is the only way in and out of like this area. So we would have to get to that bridge in order to cross and get out of here. Damn. And they then you know and they figure out stuff like there are there are other humans in the world. They they just don't know where they are. They they have to find them. <laughs> like that have escaped and are hiding or Yeah, cuz th- there's oh, one thing that they have a, there's a library in the house that they live in and one of the kids notices that uh there's these books that has this guy's name in it and they're like oh this is the guy that owned all these books like a long time ago oh, and fuck. He, he left he left messages in all the books interesting and it, it they're all in like morse code but they all say stuff like escape monsters like farm harvest like stuff like that what the fuck <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really fucking crazy it's a weird show, but it was, it was really good. I ended up watching the whole thing in one day because I, I was just so, like, drawn in by it. <laughs> How many episodes are there? It's, it's 11 or 12, something like that. Oh, okay. So basically, like, Goblin Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Which was another really fucking good show that I basically watched, and I think it was, like, two sittings. Yeah. But yeah, um, The Promised Neverland. Damn. Hope there's more of that because I would I would like to see how that ends. I, I assume it it kind of left on somewhat of a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how you could tell a whole story like that in just 12 episodes. Right. Yeah. Um. And the the final depressing thing that I watched this week was a a new movie on Netflix mm. called The Devil All the Time. That, I think I've heard of it. But again, I, a, I know nothing. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it until until the movie ended, and I was looking at the credits. It's a book. Oh, I don't okay. know if you've ever. I don't know if you had ever heard of the book. I like. I didn't know it was a book until I saw it in the credits. Maybe I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you where I've heard it from. Um. But yeah, the devil all the time, and it's a movie. It stars Tom Holland. Oh, okay. And um, it takes place in the like 50s and 60s in uh west virginia and first off i just gotta say i don't i don't get how it works but british people are in are able to do like impeccable american accents yeah right it's it's like crazy because tom holland is british and like right now most people know him as playing spider-man where he does 
an American kind of a Queens accent, like a New York accent for Peter Parker. Yeah. But in this, he does like a Southern accent because he's playing a kid who grew up in West Virginia. I feel like Southern accents are really easy to nail. You know what I mean? But they're easy to nail, but they're hard to make sound authentic. I suppose, yeah. Cause you can, cause sometimes you can kind of tell when somebody's just like fucking around, and when like you're like, oh no, you just you really fucking talk like this. <laughs> there's just like a there's just like a kind of like drawl to it, and the way they like draw out certain words and things like that. And uh, but yeah, he like he does a really good like southern accent, and it's it's kind of weird to hear. Um, but like he's in it. His his dad is played by uh Bill Skarsgård who most people will know him as Pennywise the Dancing Clown. He and plays then, in um I think I've talked about it on here before, uh Castle Rock. He also plays yeah. another weirdo fucking guy in that show as well. Yeah, there's a the, the, so they're the two uh most notable people in the movie and it essentially the the book is or the movie is about um Tom Holland's character you actually start off with his dad. The story starts like before he was even born, okay. uh, and it's it's his dad like coming home from World War Two, and he stops off in this little town in Ohio before he goes home, and he uh, he stops in this diner, and he meets this girl that he like really likes, but you know he leaves later that day and he goes home. And he's telling like his mom he that he he met this girl that he fell in love with. She's like, "What's his? What's her name?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, you really love her, huh? Yeah. What's her name? And they uh, they they there's a there's a narrator in the movie, and he and he talks about the the distance between these two towns to get from one to the other back then would have been it would have taken you like ten hours to drive. Oh, fuck yeah so eventually like he goes back and he he sees her again and it, and it you know they cut ahead in time a bit and like they're married and they have a baby and stuff and they uh bought a house or whatever and the, so the story centers around these two towns of coal creek west virginia and knock'em stiff ohio knock'em stiff ohio fucking dude towns in the midwest have the oh, weirdest yeah, fucking I, names. I, I fucking growing up in the Midwest, dude. Like, Knock'em Stiff, Ohio. Hold on, wait a minute. Skyler, <laughs> is, are you aware of a town called Knock'em Stiff? <laughs> it's a real place? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's fantastic. So, so the focus the focus is on these two towns and the narrator kind of talks about it. he's like it's it's like really weird that these people that there are so many people from these two towns that end up crossing paths right so you you end yeah. up meeting all these characters that are from like either town but eventually like somehow like al- almost all of them like end up meeting each other interesting okay it, it, and it's just like these two towns are connected for some reason and um it it essentially focuses around Tom Holland's character is kind of like growing up and desperately wants to like 
protect uh his family okay because he, he he goes through like a lot of like bad traumatizing stuff as a kid uh so he he kind of grows up as into i think when when they finally cut to him because it, it it actually takes a while before you see him you spend kind of like the early parts of the movie is him as a little kid uh-huh. um i think he's like the first time you see him it's like his 17th birthday or something like that and so he's like in high school and he's like getting ready to uh like leave school and uh start working for this like road crew or something where they're just gonna be like laying fucking pavement and all the all this like weird shit just starts to happen and he's you know he's just trying to like take care of everybody to the best that he can there ends up being like like everybody in his family is like super religious but he's not like he gave up on it when he was a kid he just kind of like goes to church with his grandma just because like he knows that she likes to go to church and he drives her there right so eventually their town gets a a new pastor and it's it's robert pattinson okay (laughs) and like me being me i was like batman and spider man (laughs) and once again he's fucking british doing this crazy southern accent i was like what the fuck like how are they doing this is it just that easy i don't know because i've seen i've seen like people who are like british or australian who are not actors and they'll just like do a, like a generic American accent, but it sounds like spot on. And it's like, how are you? How the fuck are you doing that? See, now I, I wonder if our typical British uh, accents are that good or not. For I mean, from what I've seen, they're not. Dude, <laughs> it, I don't like, know. <laughs> it's it's easy for British people to do an American accent, but American people cannot do a British accent like without like really practicing it. Interesting. Cause I think for, I think for British people, it's more so like, to that. Cause to them, it's like you're saying words incorrectly. I guess <laughs> if you just string a bunch of words together in the wrong way, that's an American accent. Wow, well, goddamn it! Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so, Robert Pattinson comes in. He's this like new, young pastor, and you know everybody thinks. Like, oh, like, he he, he should be kind of cool or whatever. And the first day of, like, his sermon, everybody brings, like, a dish because uh, they're going to have, like, a big, uh, like, lunch there or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And there's this scene of Tom Holland's character. His name is Arvin. He takes his uh, grandma to the store because she's, uh, she's trying to buy, she's trying to figure out what she's going to cook for church. And she ends up buying these, like, chicken livers or whatever. Sounds very Midwestern. Yeah. And she's gonna, she, like, fried them up and shit. Yeah. Very, very fucking Midwestern and Southern combined. Now, it's it's not Southern. It's it's rural versus urban. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, like, she fries up these chicken livers and she brings them to church on this, uh, like, big-ass plate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they and they cut to Robert Pattinson is like he's like I, it was it was really weird like everybody in the church was like standing back and they all had like uh, some of them had like a drink in their hand or whatever but it's just him at the table like fixing himself a plate and everybody's just kind of like watching him okay what the fuck it's like it's like okay does, so does he just like get to eat before everyone like what the fuck is this 
and he comes across uh the chicken livers right and he looks at them for a second and he puts his plate down and he starts like talking to everybody and he ends up giving this kind of like speech about how um you you can tell based on the food and what it was brought on who in the church has money and who doesn't and he was saying like you know i he's like i take i take every opportunity i can to let jesus flow through me and so i will sacrifice my body for the rest of you all so basically what he's doing is he takes the plate of chicken livers and is like i don't want the rest of you to have to eat this so i will eat it myself what the fuck and so like it, you sh- you see like Arvin's well, that's a slap in the face to his fucking grandma god damn yeah you see so you it cuts to like his grandma's face and she's just like saying like she's about to cry and he just like puts uh. his arm around her and oh he like puts his God. arm and he's like staring at this guy he's like the fuck is wrong with this guy and then so like they get back in the car like everybody's leaving or whatever and she's like i've never been more embarrassed in my life and he's just like no nah, no nah, like fuck that guy like he was gonna like go beat his ass <laughs> and she's like no you can't do that i'm gonna whoop this guy's ass in church and you know he's just like I bet I bet he just knew how good they were and he was just being greedy and wanted them for all for himself. That's what it was like. Oh, you know, just damn! Trying to make her feel better, but it's like, dude, what the fuck? Because he like very obviously like called it out. He's like, if you look at, because he was like, if you look at the dish, you can tell it's like kind of old. It was it had like a crack in it. I you know he's like some of our some of the people here at our church are not as well off as the rest of us, but but that is okay. They are doing what they can. It's like, why are you being such a dick? Dude, that's that has been uh basically my uh experience when it comes to certain people with churches. I haven't gone to church in a very long time. I don't even practice faith anymore. But that's kinda how it is. Like there's a lot of backhanded snide bullshit that happened. That it was, it was so fucked up. But yeah, it in I don't wanna spoil too much of it, but like it kind of just evolves into this like big story and and like i said all these characters from like both towns end up like meeting each other in these like really weird ways and you're like how the fuck is all of this shit connected like it's really weird and it's like going into the movie i thought that it was gonna be like just based on like the title and how it kind of presents itself i was like is this a horror movie yeah it's it's not it's not a horror movie. It's there's just like one of the tags on it on Netflix is literally just ominous <laughs> where like, it's not really scary. There's just like a lot of weird fucking shit that happens. I mean, does, does anything ever get revealed as to why everything's kind of weird or is it just like, Oh, that's how life is. It, it, it Yeah. It's kind of just like that. It's like, well, that's just the way fucking life goes. Some, like all these people, just happen to fucking meet each other for different reasons in different times. Like there's, there will be characters that like are introduced to like Arvin's father that Arvin will end up meeting, you know, like as a teenager, but it's like that character met your dad back in like 1957 or not, not even 1945. Like when he got back from the war and they met each other like one time 
and now like his son ends up meeting them like 20 years later i think uh coming from a relatively small town i think that's just kind of how it is yeah you know you know the phrase small world yeah i think it's almost inevitable yeah, it, it, it's it's the creepy thing though of like, well, the, the two towns that they're focusing on are ten hours apart, so it's like, right? Why are these two towns in two different states? Like, why are these people always like coming across each other? I wonder There's if that's a, a real of, phenomena. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Hmm. I, I'm gonna have to look into that. I would say. Uh, check out this movie though because i i thought it was i thought it was actually really good and um, can you can you refresh me on the name of it again the devil all the time the devil all the time okay and it's weird yeah it's um it's pretty it's a pretty dark movie oh it's dark okay yeah there's there's a there's a lot of like dark stuff that ends up happening shit okay like like very very early on in the movie they establish like why religion is so important to this family so with arvin's father having been in world war ii right uh he was uh, so apparently like before the story begins like he was always like a religious kid growing up and then after he went to war and came back he wasn't anymore yeah that'll do that and like some of his family try to like you know ask him like why that happened but he never wants to say they show that like while he was away him and these like two other dudes he were with they were all like uh walking through this clearing and they stumble across somebody who was a marine with them it was a major Uh uh-huh was crucified and lit on fire yeah yeah and they were like what the fuck I've and, they, <laughs> and so like they they like find his body and they see like the dog tags and they're like trying to figure out who it is and they find out who it is and of course like while they're there the dude like wakes up and like gasps for air what the and it's fuck? like ah oh, fuck he's not dead <laughs> oh god <laughs> so like he had to shoot him to like put him out of his pain and sit damn so it's like yeah a- like after he saw that like he stopped being religious and then like time went on and eventually he got back to it but like i suppose it's it it started it started to kind of fuck with him is that what this movie is that what this movie's about is like the troubles with religion or at least this particular kind of like there there's a lot of there is a lot of like uh like how religion and faith will affect certain people uh-huh and how like it'll affect like it's like it'll show you how like the same thing will affect two people in completely different ways interesting because like some people will take stuff very literally and other people will be like you know that's it's a metaphor you know mm. so it um I, I i would say i think almost almost all of the characters in the story are pretty religious except for arvin the like main character he's kind of like he's kind of like the one that has like because of the shit that has gone on in his life he's like yeah i don't i don't fucking i don't go with that shit (laughs) i mean you know it's well i'll leave my opinions out of it 
It was a, it was a really interesting movie though. I would definitely say check it out. It was it was it was pretty good. I think I will. It sounds like um, sounds like a particular style of movie that I I don't think I know how to equate. It mm-hmm. um, oh please tell me you've seen Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Okay. Good. So that movie is about what exactly? Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if if so, it was like, well, what's it about? I I've been asked that before, and I've sat down, and I'm like, I honestly couldn't fucking tell you what the hell that movie's about. <laughs> like, it's it's literally just about the happenings and the lives of these characters, and yeah. that is it. And it is it one of those kinds of movies where there's no real reason to it existing. It just exists to exist, and maybe make some commentary here and there. I I th- I think so, because. Like a- after hearing you say that, I w- I wouldn't necessarily say that there's like 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 a plot. Yeah, that's that's what I'm asking. Like, and like that sounds bad, but I I mean that in the sense that like there's no like beginning, middle, and end to a particular like storyline. This is very much just like these are these people's lives and a bunch of like weird coincidences keep happening in like this one kid's life and you just kind of see uh him like grow up and deal with that and it just puts him on this path where he he meets all these other people who also have like these weird fucking coincidences because i I remember what when i was watching the movie i was like it'll it'll just like randomly happen where they'll show two characters on the screen and they'll talk and it's like oh they know each other like how the fuck do they know each other Hmm. it was pretty good though um yeah, and it when, when like I it saw it, good. when I saw it, it was uh, I had been hearing about it like all this past week. It was like the n- number one trending movie on Netflix this week, hmm. um, and I and I would have to say this is the first time in a long time that I saw a Netflix movie that I was like that was good. I think this is probably the first time I've ever heard someone talk highly of a Netflix movie. Because usually Netflix movies, they're kind of like eh, whatever. Yeah. Oh. So not to not to kind of walk over what you're talking about. So you know that whole thing that's been coming out about the, I think it's a movie, Cuties. Yeah. Been yeah. hearing a been hearing a lot of shit for those of you who don't know. Cuties is a, I don't I don't think it was produced by Netflix. I just know that Netflix got some no, sort they, of rights to it that they are airing it. It was it was made by somebody else because it was at like a film festival or something last year right yeah that's what i thought well i heard a lot of shit about it whether it talking about like over sexualizing young women and being like disgusting i've been seeing a lot of things online of people basically calling it like softcore child porn Mm. and it's like okay what the fuck you know just hearing about it it sounds really atrocious i did not watch it but skyla did my fiance and she ended up turning it off after about like an hour and a half, not because of how bad it was, but because there was nothing that bad in it. Like, yeah, again, so, uh, hearing it from her, how a lot of stuff goes. Yeah. I, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't give my anecdote on it. Yeah. But just from her, like she would pause it periodically and tell me what was happening. And I'm like, that doesn't sound bad at all. That sounds like some shit I did when I was 13. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's one segment I did see where like, well, it's about this 
I mean, it centers around a group of girls, but it uh, follows one girl in particular. And it's all, I think the movie's all in French. Is it? That's I think so. That's what Skylar told me anyway. I may have been wrong. I know it's a, I know it's a different, uh, it's not in English. Okay. At least. I don't know where the movie takes place. Um, but essentially it's this girl who is from somewhere else. I don't, but anyway, she's, she's like a foreign student and she goes there and she's kind of trying to fit in and is like moving away from like her family's norms. You know what I mean? Like trying to fit into this new place and be accepted into it and whatever that means. Yeah. And the one thing that I like actually like watched thoroughly through was this group of girls that she had fallen in with. I don't know if they dared her or like were hazing her to do this, but she had like her phone at the ready and was like videotaping and she walks into the boys' bathroom to like I guess try to like videotape them peeing or something. Mm-hmm. And like she gets like right in the door and then there's this guy standing there about her age going to the bathroom and he looks at her and you you do not, I want to preface this, you don't see anything. You, it's like, you know how like some urinals will have like those half walls that will kind of cover it? Yeah. That's all you see is like just like his top half of the body and maybe like his book bag sticking out of that. And he's like, what are you doing here? Are you videotaping? Get the fuck out of here. And he like throws his book bag at her and then she gets embarrassed and leaves. And it's like, okay. And then it, it cuts to her like showing the videotape and she wasn't even like pointing it at anything. She was at the ground. She was pointing it at the ground because she was so scared of what was happening. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this sounds like a really bad eighties, like movie thing, right? Where it's like young kids who are getting into puberty, exploring their sexuality. Yeah. And I'm, again, I haven't seen the movie. Gala didn't even watch the entire movie. She watched about an hour and a half of it. That's what the movie seems to be. But as well as having, um, I think we talked at some point off camera about uh, like what the director had in plan for this movie. Yeah. Talking about how it was meant to more like show just how like girls nowadays can be exposed to hypersexual situations. It was meant to be more of like a real account. And that's what it seems like. It didn't seem that bad. And in talking to Skyla about it, uh, I think I have a theory as to why people are hating on this show so much. And I think it's because a lot of people kind of forgot what it was like to be like 12, 13, 14, or like 10 to 12. You know what I mean? And I don't know about you, Lionel, but when I turned 13, even before then, I was all about trying to figure out what boobs looked like. <laughs> am I Am I wrong? Like, when no. you... From like 11 to 13 is when that starts to happen in you and you begin to experience that and like explore it however you explore it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's a bunch of these people who just kind of, like I said, forgot what it was like to be 13 and forgot and forget that like, that's kind of what's meant to happen in a weird way. Yeah. Like think of the show Big Mouth. I think yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, we have. That's slightly different because it's animated and it's it's meant to be like reminiscent of all these adults and what they went through with puberty. Right. But the kids even well even though they're animated are the same age. They're like 12 and 13. 
Yeah. Like, it's an inev- inevitable thing to happen to everybody. Now, of course, I've said this enough. Like, I haven't seen it, and Skylight hasn't watched all of it. But it definitely seems like people are missing the picture and are only focusing on, like, like the surface-level detail. Of course, they, they do start to go into, like, this dance thing, and they're learning how to... I think they were... Correct me if I'm wrong, Skull. They were, like, learning how to dance to WAP, right? Okay. How, so, I mean, like... How, how did they even How did they even do that? I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it, it's just kind of funny thinking about it, because, like, yeah, it's it's kind of bad when you think and hear about it. But I remember yeah. being... I remember being in junior high and, like, going to, like, some dances then. And being in, like, being in early high school, late junior high... If you see all these kids out on the dance floor, they're all just like rubbing uglies on each other. Like it, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of um, like movies and books and TV shows and stuff that get kind of like blasted before they even come out because. Right. And I feel like that's whatever what the, whatever the is on like yeah the surface level like you said of that thing is people are like the fuck is that like why would you do that and then the people behind it have to be like like no you just have you have to watch it like it's not Uh that like it's not what you think it is it's there's more to it than that but i yeah i feel like there's varying degrees of like what people are willing to give a shot at Right, you you hear enough about something from whatever sources, and you're like, well, I don't even know if I... Because let me tell you, hearing it from like all the online sources I've seen, I, I was like, I don't know if I even want to watch that. Like, am I going to be able to live with myself if it's as bad as they say? Yeah. And of course, it was in no way, shape, or form nearly that bad. If it was so boring that my fiancé had to turn it off, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, like, there was, there was a movie last year that, when when I described it to people who hadn't seen, like, commercials or trailers for it, they were like, what the fuck, like, why would you make that a movie? What was it? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah! No, that, yeah, I, I've been wanting to watch that. The, the, pre- the premise of that movie is a little boy growing up in Nazi Germany and his imaginary friend is Hitler. You know what? Yeah, you're right. When you put it that way, it does sound awful. That is, that is the premise of that movie. Like, and the, like he, he looks up to Hitler and he's like, I want to be like Hitler. When, like, that is the whole movie. And you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you now. Because ignoring everything that I know of Jojo Rabbit, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Why would you watch that? That's fucked up. Like <laughs> I I think this I think this goes to say like our our conversation we had a few episodes ago about like how there are some movies I just don't give a chance even though I know I should. I think yeah. you should get everything a chance before you just fully criticize, especially movies. Yeah, cuz like th- like that one in particular, it it really goes places and and you when you watch it you put together that like okay like you gotta you gotta look at it from the context of like they're making a movie about this kid who aspires to be like the leader of his country (laughs) right because him growing up like that's all he knew right and And, i I suppose you have to 
we're all aware of like all the you know like propaganda and stuff that he was putting out into the world back then so it's like a child at that time would have been like oh hitler's fucking cool like he does all this shit and it's like nah dude he's not that's actually really interesting i've never thought about that but you're right there has to have been children growing up in nazi germany who weren't subject to like the atrocities that most jewish people they had no they had who would have looked up to him yeah there's oh my a, fuck there's a there's a scene in the trailer for the movie that shows like him and his friend going to like nazi boy summer camp oh my oh fuck and it's just it's a fucking summer camp where they like teach them like war tactics in like but through that, games that sounds like police training camps that we have here with young <laughs> like it's oh man i don't want crazy. to be drawing parallels like that it's fucking crazy. But, like, watching that movie, you're like, fuck, like, these kids really would be like that. Yeah, that's... And, oh, they, probably, and they probably were. That, yeah, that fucked me up a little bit, Lionel. <laughs> you're right. I never I never thought of that, that it would have tricked... I'm keeping politics out of this, but I think you can see where I would have drawn conclusions yeah. to. Yeah. It, uh, oh, that's yeah, fucked. Dude, that, that's fucked that, up. And what, it, what, it, what, was, what, was, what was good about the movie, too, is... um the the little boy's mom is played by scarlett johansson okay and like even even her she does <laughs> and they kind of show it off in the trailers and stuff because i don't want to spoil the whole the real movie for you but like he'll he'll do stuff where he's like you know he'll like say something and be like i want to be like hitler and his mom is like are you sure oh god <laughs> <laughs> do you really <laughs> oh man and then is the mom just the mom just doesn't want to break his spirit or is it, is it just, he's too young she, to fully understand. Cause I think I want to say he's like eight or nine in the Ooh, movie. Yeah. That's, so he, he's like really young. It's just a little too young to fully grasp what's happening. Y- yeah. So like she, she was very much like, you know, trying, trying to get him to be like, um, Hey, like maybe, maybe cool it with that. Maybe don't go around and saying that to, like, our friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he'd be like, why? I don't get it. That's fuck. See, but now, like, it depends. I feel it also depends on how you bring up a movie. Like, how you talk about it. Because just giving that surface, it's a boy who has an imaginary friend of Hitler during Nazi Germany. You're like, okay, what? Yeah. Why? (laughs) But everything you've said here, talking about, I'm like, oh, okay, I get what this movie is trying to do. I desperately want to see it. Yeah, like it is, it is trying to portray what life was like for a kid back then in that in that time period and in that place. Right. And it's like, and it's also it's about a kid coming to terms with the fact that like the whole like never meet your heroes thing. It's like, oh, <sighs> the guy I looked up to kind of a fucking shitbag kind of sucks like <laughs> he's kind, kind of, of a bad guy <laughs> he's kind of the worst person ever hey you know he's a kind of a fucking nazi yeah <laughs> yeah and like that that movie has a lot of like really like serious heavy fucking moments in it it, it, it sounds like it's going to yeah but it is also brought to you through the light of comedy it's a fucking hilarious movie yeah that's that has these really really heavy moments i mean that's 
that's what comedy's for, man. That's what it's best at is like providing really heavy things while also making you laugh. Yeah. Did you ever and watch? I, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was gonna say he like it is also brought to you through the fact that his his imaginary friend is played by the director Taika Waititi. Yeah. Who is not in the least bit fucking german or white at all (laughs) so like that's already one thing right but then it's he's also jewish in real life oh is he seriously yeah like he's oh fuck uh, i think it's like on his mother's side his mother's family is jewish i that is that is another level of fucking irony yeah where like your whole regime is about I mean, it's about a lot, but also a big part of it is, like, extinguishing the Jewish population. And then, like, what, you 80 a, years you a, later? You have a brown Jewish guy playing him in a movie. Playing him in a movie, talking about how fucking awful he is. And he that plays him. Great. And he plays him like a fucking idiot. Because he's playing, like, the little boy's, like, imaginary version of Hitler. Right, right. He like he'll he like says stuff that was like completely made up. <laughs> cause he'll cause he'll like show up and he'll be like, Oh hey Hitler, what'd you do today? <laughs> he'll be like, Oh, you know, just you know, shot a couple people, ate lunch with some unicorns, stuff like that. Oh, that's fantastic. And the kid's like, Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. This is great. This like the more we, the more you like peel back this movie for me, just it's layers of genius, and I love it. Dude, it was it was a really really good fucking movie, and I I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters last year, but I would I would really like to watch it again. Oh, fuck, yeah. So I I do think I want to try to give this cuties movie a chance and try to watch it how the director intended it to be watched, um because. After hearing everything about it, I want to have my full opinion on it before I really talk about it more, even though I've talked about it in length already. Yeah. I also want to... I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I feel like I need to at the same time. Uh, It's not okay to sexualize underage girls and boys. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's, that's yeah. real fucked up. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Yeah, no, don't. They're not old enough to fully understand. I've... It's weird because I've I've actually been uh I mean we we're TikTok hoes. <laughs> Are we? I well not like we don't like sell ourselves for sex on TikTok. What I mean is I'm addicted to it. Okay. <laughs> and like I'm a TikTok addict. There we go. How about that? Okay. I've been I've been watching it and there's this girl, I don't know her name, who has been popping up in a couple recent TikToks talking about how like her opinions are fucked up. <laughs> and her opinion was like, um, well, her first video that I saw of someone duetting or reacting to was her being like, if love is love, referring to like the LGBTQ uh, members yeah. in the movement, if love is love, then what's stopping like pedophilia, incest, uh, like necrophilia and things like that uh, from being accepted as well? Or are you all just hypocrites? And it's like, whoa, hold on a minute. You need to fucking calm down. You need to stop what you're doing. Because 
that is fucked up and i don't even think you understand why it's fucked up and like i saw someone like do at that and essentially talk about why it was screwed up and then she made another video to one someone in the comments of her of that video and her other video was talking about how like children or like that comment was talking about how children cannot consent right and she's like well, they're still consenting. Children can absolutely say yes. Nope. Because even if you're manipulated to it and you don't fully understand what's going on, nope. that's still nope. consent. That Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you, Lionel. But then it's like a bunch of other people doing that and being like, that is not consent. What the fuck is wrong with you? And this girl is, at least in one of the duetted videos, someone said she was 16. And it's like, you're barely old enough to understand what consent is. Let alone someone who is much younger, like a child of eight. Uh, like, that is not the same. And uh, the guy I was watching do it, who I don't really know his name either, but he gave a great example of it. And he's like, from someone who is a victim of this, I can 100% tell you that was not consent. Being manipulated is not the same thing. Yeah. Because you're being manipulated. You're not within your own mind and right to do it, to say so. And it ended basically with him being like, why don't you go sit in the corner and think about what you've said? <laughs> yeah, man, people be fucked up out here. Yeah, it's fucked. Which, I I don't blame people for thinking something is about pedophilia or promoting it, and then being vehemently against it. I am also that same way. As I think most people should be. As I think most yeah. people are. Yeah, they are. But, but I, I think, like, I think people get too caught up on that, and they let it blind them for what something's really trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's but, a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen over the time that is like a lot of people just take it for face value of like what it is, they, right. what they think it is. And it's like, no, this is actually a lot. What they think it is or what they've been told it is. Yeah. But it's like, you no, know. if you actually sat down and like watch it or whatever, then it's like, oh, there's, there's a lot to this. Yeah. Than, uh, what I originally thought it yeah it usually is another big complaint I've been hearing too are people being like well this is just pedo bait like why would you put this up on Netflix something so easily accessible to pedophiles and mm-hmm. it's like well here's the problem with that I, I can I can kind of see what you mean but also what's to stop them from watching anything else that has kids in it yeah like even then like, I'm sure they already know where they can go to access that. Or if they don't, I don't think Netflix would be the first choice. Yeah. But still, like, um, it's I suppose it could be the same argument for, like, well, why don't you just illegalize drugs or something? Even though, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're going to find them in. Yeah, seeing that there are other access, there are other avenues of access doesn't really fix the problem that people are trying to point out. But again, from what I've seen and heard from uh, my fiance, it doesn't sound like it's that bad. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it either. Who knows? I'm. I don't know. I just. I just want the movie to be reviewed fairly because it. It seems like it's trying to say something really powerful, and for people to get hung up on the superficial aspects of it. Yeah. Feels like a real big disservice. Yeah sucks because yeah the um there's a there's another thing uh right now that's kind of going on with um 
people who create something people who work on something right yeah yeah and and when it's finally like you know you've been working on this for like a long time and when it's finally revealed to the public the initial reaction is people being like why the fuck would i want this this almost feels like uh what happened <laughs> with the last of us 2 in a strange way yeah so right now it is it is happening as of like four like four days ago this past wednesday um there's a so to take you back a little bit in 2018 a video game was leaked on twitter okay and it just got finally announced like four days ago what the fuck what was this game it is a harry potter rpg okay it's called um hogwarts legacy you you get to like go in and make your own student at Hogwarts and like you know be a that student sounds, in Hogwarts. That sounds really cool, actually. So they showed off this fucking trailer of this game that's been in development for a long ass fucking time. Yeah, and um, like yeah, people were seeing it and the initial reactions were like, "Oh, this actually looks like pretty cool." And like it's an open world game. You get to you know explore the entire school and like the surrounding areas. Nice, nice. And then it immediately turned into people being like, I'm a huge fan of Harry Potter. How do I come to terms with supporting this game while realizing that J.K. Rowling is kind of a shitbag? Oh, God, don't. Don't fucking. You can separate the art from the artist. Like, it here's, is here's the thing, though, because a lot, a lot of people have gone into this, right? Uh-huh. And it, it is, it's a weird thing where people have been able to do that for past things because like it, it'll like come to light that like the author of a book series right has done like some weird shitty things uh-huh but that author is dead okay so like, the problem uh, is like, that uh, she's still alive the problem is that she's still alive and if if you if you buy the game she does technically get money from this she is so fucking rich already what does it matter because it's it becomes it's still you're supporting her somehow right right it's like you're she is using her platform as somebody who is wealthy and has a lot of influence in these areas right Uh to spread her bullshit does the game contain that same bullshit no but her name is on it because it's because it's her ip i see now why people are complaining it's because whether you like the game or not, you will be directly. You will be directly her. feeding her, like supporting her, which you know in turn gives her the ability to spread her bullshit. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see what the problem is. So there are there are a lot of people who are like diehard Harry Potter fans, being like, I I just I don't know what to do, because they don't want to support her, but this is also like the Harry Potter game that they've been waiting like fifteen years for. That's yeah. I suppose that's a strange conundrum, isn't it? Because you're right. The, it's there's it's the easy one to author. Separate. Go ahead. There's the one author. I can't think. Oh, fucking H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People yeah. people love his stories, right? But then it's like, oh, he's actually kind of fucking racist. Well, here's the thing about H.P. Lovecraft stuff is that his world that he made is actually open market. You can write about Cthulhu and be fine which many people have done. Many people have contributed to the mythos. And that's why I think it's easy to really love the mythos, but still kind of be like, oh, he's a piece of shit. 
because yeah, so can, many other you, people you have separate, contributed to it. You can separate that from the guy who created it. And he's also dead. So that it's probably too. much easier to do that. This this is this is a weird one though. It's like, like well, she's still alive. She still makes money off of Harry Potter stuff because she is so heavily entrenched in that IP and has so much to do with everything that comes from it. It's the reason people know who she is. I mean, right. And so like the and it and it sucks for the people working on this game. Like Oof, like yeah. War, Warner Brothers and uh Avalanche is the studio that's making it. Like they had to come out and be like JK Rowling has Yeah. Fuck. And they were like JK Rowling has literally nothing to do with this game like (laughs) okay so yeah i i suppose that's another question is how much of it does she have to do with it that that's the thing she has she has nothing to do with it but that is like that's almost like saying how um like stanley had no say in what happened in the fucking mcu movies even though he created those characters his name is still on it well he's dead now so we can easily separate the (laughs) Was that too soon? Yeah, it'll it'll always be too soon for him. <laughs> someone, someone, ten years from now is gonna find that funny. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like she, like, because she's still here and she's still, you know, doing her thing. It's like right. She's yeah, still, even, even though she has, she, she probably, she probably came to fucking, you know, see the game like maybe three times in the past few years that they've been working on it, right? Or have probably been getting, like, updates on how it's going. Yeah, and, like, that's about it. But she's not, like, you know, heavily influencing, like, everything that they're doing. That's rough, because I I feel like this is about as separated as you could get from something. But at the end of the day, when the fucking credits roll, her name is still going to be at the end. be a Harry Potter created by J.K. Rowling. (laughs) As as bad as I didn't even know... I didn't even know because when the trailer pops up, they, they do all the like logos of like all the branding stuff that works on it. Yeah, and it the first one that pops up is Warner Brothers because I was like, okay, right, Harry Potter, Harry Potter's owned by Warner Brothers. But right. then there was another one that said Wizarding World, and it was a logo. Oh, that's interesting. And I was like, I was like, did she make a like a brand for stuff that is? Like, in that universe, but does not involve the actual, like, character Harry let me, Potter. Let me look that up real quick, actually. Because th- she started, like, a... Or she, but, like, there's a whole other thing of movies that were coming out, like... Oh, fuck, they did the, uh, the, Fanta- the Fantastic Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, that's kind of, like, how this game... The game takes place in the late 1800s. Wizarding. So the, ca- the character Harry Potter is not in the game. Harry Potter... F- okay, so there's wizardingworld.com and it says Harry Potter fan club I don't think that's it this, 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 this looks no, like hold on, very, hold on. Like... so looking at it now uh, if I'm going to describe the logo to you does it say wizarding world and then it almost looks like a metallic sun that's kind of rising above it where it has like it has like sunbeams now I have to look okay because why, there's a thing here that says the Wizarding World is a fantasy media franchise and shared fictional universe centered on a series of films based on the Harry Potter novel series. Yeah, yeah, Brown. this is this was it. Yeah, this is that. Yeah, because when I just opened it up, it's the first thing that pops up is the game introducing it, Hogwarts Legacy. It says fictional world. I don't know if this is like a thing. She, oh, I don't know. 
<clears throat> previously known as J.K. Rowling's was fantasy media franchise. And then it says shared fictional universe on a, centered on a series of films based on Harry Potter. Films have been in production. Huh. Films are owned and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Is this just a sub of Warner Brothers? No, I, I think this is I think this is legitimately a a fan club that has just grown like way past that into a more Serious? official thing. Series has collectively grossed over nine point two billion dollars at the global, <sighs> making it the third highest grossing film franchise. Yeah, of all time, behind Marvel and Star Wars. Yep. Shit. Yep. Okay, so here it says David Heyman and his company Heyday Films have produced every film in the Wizarding World series. Chris Columbus and Mark Radcliffe serve as producers on Harry Potter and. The and Rowling produced the final two films in the Harry Potter series. See, it's 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 the weird thing where like no like no matter how little she is involved with it, her name will always be on it. She will always get a cut of anything that is Harry Potter related. Right, of course. It's her, you know, it's her yeah. IP. But like now we've almost stumbled upon something really difficult to talk about which is can you separate the art from the artist i said yes but then the problem almost becomes are they dead or not yeah because it it, it becomes it becomes way harder to do with if that person is still alive uh because it's like a lot i saw a lot of the way that people were describing it was that no matter what kind of shit jk rowling says now that can't take away what Harry Potter meant to you, like as a child. Yeah, that's another thing. So like that that will always be there, but it's like going forward, right? Like new Harry Potter stuff will now like forever be tainted in these people's eyes. See, now that's the thing. Like, I feel like the actual this is gonna sound weird. I feel like the actual taint is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> If you know what I mean? Like, like if she is so far removed, nothing she says, like, nothing bad or controversial that she says really affects it other than her name. Right? Yeah, you are still giving her money, though. So, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, people keep talking about it in terms of money. Is that really, is that really the problem? Is that people are just like, well, you're just giving her money. I mean, would you, I mean, would you want to donate money to a person who was saying awful things? Here's the thing. Why are you giving her them? And even then, most of that money is going to Warner Brothers. It's not like she's getting all of your money. She's still getting some money. No, no, no. She, yeah. And and there are, there are people who are, who are trying to come up with ways that you can do this where they're like. Like if you like if you really want to buy the game, right? But you feel like Do I have to do I have to put out a tweet when I buy the game like fuck JK Rowling? No, they were like they were saying like, you know, if you if you feel a certain way about like, you know, spending money on buying this game and, you know, she's obviously gonna get a cut of some of it, like why don't you take the same amount of money that you spent on the game and donate it to like a trans charity that she would obviously be against for okay. some reason i see what you mean I see to try mean. to like even it out morally for yourself so that's that's not morals that's like ethics at that point 
yeah figuring yeah. out like have i done enough good stuff to do something bad or did i or have i done enough good stuff to counteract the bad thing and there and there are some people who are trying to figure out like if they if they should do that or if they should just there's a lot of people who are like i can't i can't buy this game like i just can't bring myself to do it even i feel like I, even yeah. though i want it i i, I can't fucking do that <laughs> i yeah i feel like we're, we're talking about it in terms of like absoluteness mm-hmm. like what's the absolute right thing to do and um i don't think there's anything here if, to give my personal opinion on it frankly if if the game looks good enough i'm probably just going to buy it anyway even though so, i really dislike jk rowling or like at least her stances on things so like th- this is this has been coming up uh for for me in a certain way where there is a huge investigation at Warner Brothers right now really into wow. the into the production of the Justice League movie okay particularly when after after Zack Snyder left the movie right uh-huh they brought in another director to finish the movie the this director was Joss Whedon who is known for doing a lot of shit. He directed the first two Avengers movies. He had a lot to do with, like... Fi- he did the show Firefly. Which was fantastic, frankly. He, he wrote, like, a bunch of, like, X-Men comics in the early 2000s and stuff like that. So yeah, he's, yeah. He's, done, he's done a lot of stuff in, like, the, the nerd world. Right. It has recently come out from some of the actors on the movie that he was not particularly, like, very well-received on set. Really? What do you mean? Yeah. A lot of them were talking about, a lot of them have been talking about, uh, particularly it's been um, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in the movie, has been like, yeah, he was just really just openly shitty to all of us on the set. And oh, it was, okay. And it was just like a fucked up place to be. I thought you meant like people who were on the set were shitty to him. No, no, Not no, no. that he was he, shitty to them. He was shitty to them. Oh, fuck. And it, it has now, like, turned into this whole thing where people are trying to, like, figure out, like, what exactly the fuck happened here? Because they're like, is this is this why the movie ended up the way it did? Because he was making all these fucking weird-ass choices that everybody did not agree with, and he was basically just like, fuck you, like, this is the way we're doing this. Because a lot of them were so entrenched in what Zack Snyder's original vision was. And then you have uh, this new guy come along and just completely change it. I mean, they're, they're like, what, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see the problem. Well, here's so, the thing. Like, why did Snyder even leave in the first place? I know nothing of anything. that happened with. So Zack Snyder left justice league in, yeah. I want to say like may of 2017 the movie came out in november 2017 uh he he left actually because i think in april his his oldest daughter committed suicide oh shit you did tell me about this yeah so he he was the director on the movie and his wife was a producer on the movie his wife is a producer on like all his films so they needed to take a step back to just like stay with their family right and rightfully uh, rightfully so especially after something like so he he was he was gone for a while and that's why they brought in um joss whedon to finish up the movie 
And oh, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, well, if they're going to bring in anybody to finish this movie, bring in the guy that did the Avengers, you know? Right. You would expect. The, right. And it just did not turn out the way that everybody thought it would. And that's why they have this whole Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming out next year. The Zack Snyder like, cut, yeah. His, like, fucking four-hour-long original vision of what this movie was supposed to be. Listen, man, if it's any good... Fuck, I... I, you know, I'm just gonna wait for you to tell me how it is. I'm, gonna I'm, go, I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna check it out. He's releasing it in four one-hour parts. <laughs> just give us the whole damn movie, dude. I, like, I, I think, I think they're releasing it all at once, but it's like it will be split into four parts for some reason. I suppose you could just make it into like a mini series. I guess. Like four episodes. Uh, but yeah, so. Warner Brothers is uh, now going into an investigation to like find out like exactly what the fuck was going on back then with that movie, and it's and it's weird now because this is this is like having the same effect as this J.K. Rowling thing where people are like, well, fuck, I'm a really big fan of the stuff that Joss Whedon has worked on, but now it's come out that he's kind of a fucking dirtbag, so. Whenever he inevitably decides to, like, make another thing, it's like, well, now I can't look at that the same way. Well, see, it. I find it weird and almost borderline hypocritical. Not, I'm not saying that of you, but, like, of the idea that, oh, you can go back and, like, support their previous stuff, but the new stuff they're making, oh, no, that's a problem. I think it, I think it's because it's it's basically in the sense that like it, like if you own all the Harry Potter books, you rereading them is not doing anything for J.K. Rowling. Right, but like, what if I want to, like, what if I want to watch uh, that Harry Potter film that comes on like fucking FX or whatever goddamn channel that comes on every once in a while? Is that it supporting her still? Or can I just never watch it again? Like, what if I don't already own it, but I love the movies as a kid going to the theater? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a weird personal debate. Like a lot of people, there, like there is no like set answer for it. And most people are just having to come up with like what works for them. I, I guess whatever works for you. For me, I, like whatever, I, whatever already, level of comfortability you have with it, like yeah. that's that's really all you can do. Right. Well, I've told you. For me, I find it more important for my artist statement and what I do, and the way I view. Uh, things like this, it's more important what you as the viewer take away from the art than whatever the artist is trying. Yeah. That, of course, puts it into complications when I we had just talked about cuties and how a lot of people are viewing it shittily. Right. Like, the, the issue with that is they haven't watched it. Right. Because, see, like, so, like, for me now, my thing is, I love, I love the MCU. I love the Avengers. Yeah, right? I'm fucking well aware, Lionel. So it's like, he did the first two movies and I love both of those movies, but if he decides to do another and it doesn't have to be like Marvel related, but if he decides to, you know, do something else one day, it's like, huh, heard you, uh, weren't really that nice to the people that, uh, work for you. That's kind of fucked up, dude. I mean, this is like, if we, if we're going to take this, uh, argument, not argument, but like idea and apply it to everything, Man, I, it's it's a it's a very slippery slope to fall down because I feel like you can find anything about a person. There's there's a lot. And there's of, gonna there's be something few, shitty. 
there's very few people that if you look at their entire lives have like never done anything that is like right wrong, right you know so everybody everybody has something i think there is there inevitably though becomes a level to which it's like okay well that is just objectively like fucked up of course yeah of course you know some things but... you can look back and forgive and then other things it's like okay well that, you know dude that was fucked and you were wrong for that that was fucked but uh rehashing a conversation we had with i'm not gonna say his name a certain friend of ours about a certain female online um <laughs> people can uh-huh. change people can change you know what i mean yeah uh are we willing to i don't know if jk rowling's ever gonna change her stance or uh josh whedon's ever gonna not be a dick it's- it's and, it, and it's weird, too, because I heard somebody describe it as, like, this is a weird hill for her to want to fucking stand and die on. What? Hold on. What is her... What's her stance, anyway? Because I've heard people just talk about how she, shitty it is, but I don't even really know what it is. She, she's, been say, she's been saying a bunch of, like, weird, just offhand, really shitty stuff about trans people and about how they're, they, like, they, they don't count as, what? like... Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, going... <laughs> She's like going off the deep end, and people are like, "Why the fuck? Why is this the the fucking stance you decided to take?" And you're so adamant about it. I, I remember, like, I think before this started happening, people were being like, "Why are you retroactively making certain characters gay?" Yeah, and like all this weird shit. It was like it became almost that she was on the front lines of radical. Uh, uh, I don't want to say radical, but like of being crazy when it came to like supporting uh yeah of like making characters unnecessarily gay and it's like why would you do that that almost being gay does not um demote what your character is but going back and saying that it makes it so unnecessary and so weird because it's like well you already wrote the book and that has nothing to do with the story so why it is saying that now like why does that do anything like you you didn't write that into the book if you would have wrote it into the book that would have been you know would have made it better or like if you're writing new material that has to deal with this person's life and then it's revealed that's okay i guess but just arbitrarily like it's i don't know it was bizarre but that was happening and then this whole thing about how like trans people don't count is what you said yeah she's like she's she's just being like really like weird and fucked up about it to the point where that's a weird line to draw i want to say like a like a week ago or so it was announced what her next book is what's her and people are like people are you gotta be fucking kidding me her next book that she's releasing is about a man who dresses up as a woman and kills people so like psycho Uh, yeah and it's like so you just said all this shit about trans people, and now you're writing a book about a guy who dresses up as a woman. Does that feel like it's pushing some form of agenda for her? People are like, did, did you do all this as some like weird form of promotion for your own fucking book? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? She, yeah, she's she's going a little crazy right now. It sounds like it. It's kind of strange. Oh, well. Whatever, I guess. But yeah, uh, but, I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna be like really really interested to see what ends up going down with this with this Harry Potter game because uh, as of right now it's slated to come out sometime next year, so the game is almost done and like I said I feel like all the devs working on it are 
they're probably hand, like fans of Harry Potter themselves, you know? And it's like, yeah, likely if you're going to be I'm, working I'm, on it for that one. And long. I'm sure that, I'm sure that like every time JK Rowling has fucking said something in an interview, they're like, fuck. Yeah. They, they can, probably can you just are like, stop talking. Probably like most Harry Potter fans. So let me, let me leave with this then. So uh, what I said about how it's more important what you take away from something rather than what the creator has to say. If you take, if you are just brimming with joy over this game and it just makes your life so happy, buying that game and supporting the people who made it and letting yourself have that moment of happiness is worth so much more than whatever the hell she has to say. Yeah. Like if it, if it makes you so happy and you supporting it is no doubt going to make the people who made it very happy. I feel like that already, if we're going to talk about ethics and the weight of it, I feel like that heavily outweighs any dumbass shit she's got to say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I thought that the idea of that some people were coming up with of like, if you want to buy the game, but also at the same, same time, like donate to like a trans charity. I I thought that that was actually a pretty good, good idea of people being like, well, no, I, I want to buy this game, but I also want to show that like, I don't stand for what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah, I do think that's a really good solution. If you still find that it's a little too hard for you, definitely do that. Yeah. You know, like, um, show that you stand in defiance of the artist, but you could still enjoy the art. Yeah, because I feel like this game is about to have a very, like, tough launch road ahead of it. Yeah, it's going to be. Because I feel like almost, I, like I said, the game was leaked on Twitter, like, two years ago. And I don't know if... I don't know if they've been holding on it because it's a next gen game or because they've been trying to distance themselves from whatever the fuck JK Rowling is saying. I I honestly don't know. And then eventually they just got to a point where like, like she's, she's just not going to shut the fuck up. So (laughs) (laughs) we might as well just fucking put it out there. Harry Potter, not affiliated with JK Rowling. Yeah, like I'm that that's a thing too. I'm gonna be really surprised if like like how long is it gonna be before the studio has to just straight up be like, look, like we we do not fucking support her at all. We are I'm, we are literally just using the world that she created and that's it. If fucking dude, if if it gets bad enough, is it if it's that much of a hot button debate right now as you're saying, I feel like that is gonna be coming pretty close. Maybe it's going to be like an intro credit, like the views and opinions expressed by J.K. Rowling have nothing to do with the development team at Warner Brothers or the game. Yeah, I feel like I feel like eventually, eventually, I feel like there's going to be some sort of statement about either Warner Brothers or Avalanche uh, donating some ridiculous amount of money to some charity for oh, this probably. to be like, look like, hey, we do not stand for what the fuck she is talking about. That's actually a really interesting idea that you just said right there. What about them taking like a percentage of proceeds and directly like <laughs> using the money they made charity. to be like, well, fuck you. Why? Yeah. Why not? I, I could see them doing it. Honestly, I really, could. I, I think that right there, like that could, that would be a really great to break it down. That would be a great PR stunt where it'd be like, okay, well they said a certain percentage of this goes to some, trans organization or whatever or lgbtq rights organization yeah so you know now it i suppose you could look at it as like buying it is 
not only getting yourself that, but also at the same time sticking a huge middle finger in uh, J.K. Rowling's face. This was because that was actually a um, CD CD Project Red did that like a year ago. Are you talking about the guy who was like um, who started like the your breathtaking thing? Your yeah, right? No, no, no. This was um, oh, okay. I believe it was CD Project Red. There there was a studio that um, they took. They took a bunch of their money that they had gotten, and I want to say it was CD Projekt Red because it was like the revenue that they've made from The Witcher Three, which has been like <laughs> fucking millions and millions of dollars. Oh and yeah. They took they took a percentage of that and uh, d- donated it to basically like an organization for indigenous peoples of the the country that they're in, because they were like, "Hey, it's kind of fucked up that like our studio is just built on this fucking land that." you know was very much just taken from these people so like we wanted to give back to them well i mean whoever did it that was super cool yeah i could see well hold on i I, I could like uh, norwegian right that's a norwegian company i think they're what is there it's a it's a european country i mean honestly i suppose whatever you could do to help out what you can is nice yeah so i had to look it up so that I say the right thing. Okay. So the studio that I was thinking of is House House. House House. House House is an Australian developer that made Untitled Goose Game. Oh, oh, okay. That makes and, a lot more sense, it being yeah. Australian. And uh, so what they actually did was they they joined something that's called the Pay the Rent Initiative. And essentially... Um, House House has donated at least 1% of its income to this initiative in perpetuity. Okay. So, essentially, if you are, if you're an employee of House House, 1% at least, you can choose to do more, but at least 1% of your paycheck goes to this, uh, is donated to this, basically. Like, forever. Hmm. I think that's pretty good and I, I and i think it's 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 a good thing that they have basically set it up the way they have where they're like look this is a thing we do if you want to work here like that's a thing we do so i mean you know one percent isn't much but it's a lot more than i think other companies have done or could do yeah yeah and the fact that it is in perpetuity so it's going to go on like for as long as the studio is around I think yeah. is actually what really helps that. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. I'd like to is. see I'd like to see more just companies in general do that. Yeah, it 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 would be nice to see uh more of these places do just something with, with the millions and millions of dollars that they make. I'd like to see them pay their fucking employees more. That too. That would be nice. <laughs> well, regardless yeah, this has been a very interesting episode. It has. Uh, was not expecting it. I feel like that is the motto for this show. Not a- yeah. Or, wow, this got weird. Yeah, yeah. Definitely got weird. <laughs> huh. well, so, remember that Remember that movie, though, Cole. You need to check it out. Uh, fuck, what was it called? The Devil something? The Devil All the Time. The Devil All the Time. Got it. If you okay. go to Netflix, it should pop up like right there. It's like the number one thing they have on there. 
Possibly, possibly. I think I uh, think I might just go ahead and watch some more uh, This Is Us and feel good for a little while. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll watch Rent a Girlfriend and fucking break myself. Like feel Chris sad. wants me to. I would urge you to watch something that won't break you, but okay, whatever. To each their own. I mean, I could try. I think I, there's a lot of stuff that will just like in and out. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Even even if it is happy. You know what? Maybe that's just exactly what you need, Lionel. Maybe, yeah, maybe I just need to, like, break and rebuild myself. There you go. <laughs> well, I think I think that's all we can really say for this episode. Yep, that sounds good to me. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening. Fucking try to have fun. <laughs>